Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Tome Travelers. This is episode 20, and we are going to be discussing uh, The Black Prism, chapters 2 through 46. Uh, so, spoiler warning for that. Uh, but before we get into that, we have a couple of quick announcements. Our first announcement is we are going to announce next month's book. And believe it or not, it is actually going to be The Blinding Knife, which is the second book in uh the lightbringer saga by brent weeks by brent weeks that's the saga i didn't know if it was a trilogy or not um we've been reading it we've been enjoying it spoiler alert so we're gonna go ahead and do the next one for that uh for next month um so you can go ahead and order it if you want to read along with us um and then as always we have our discord uh in the description of the youtube video which you can click on and join and you can follow us on tiktok and all that other fun stuff uh, before we get into our discussion of this month's or this week's, whatever you call it, excerpt, uh, we have a fantasy question. Um, Dylan, what's our fantasy question? If we could fan cast three people from our favorite book, who would we fan cast? For a live action adaptation? Yep. All right, who's going first with this? I'll take it. I'm confident. Uh, this is probably the most deliberation we've had over a fantasy question. Oh, yeah. It's like 20 minutes of us Googling stuff. Uh, I've got the first law and the three characters I picked were Glockta, Logan, and Baez. And for Glockta, I want Andy Serkis. Because I just I think with it. like I the prosthetics it. and the no teeth, the crazy voice, and him being all bent and broken. Uh, for Logan, Rory McCann, the guy who played the Hound in Game of Thrones. I think he's perfect for that role. Um, they're kind of similar roles. Oh, you know. Yeah. And then for Baez, J.K. Simmons. I needed an angry, bald man who still looks like strong, but also somehow 70 at the same time. Yep, I like it. I, I love the, the, the Glock to pick for Andy Serkis. Mm. What about you, Dylan? Who are you casting? What book? Uh, So I picked uh, Liza Locke Lamora. Obviously, okay. that's favorite uh so i'm for sure so father change i got in mcshane um and the great king i got pedro pascal and i'm for sure about those two the one that i'm kind of like still iffy on is uh lock lamora but like like we said we googled a bunch of stuff and the one that kind of like jumps out at me the most is this robert sheehan guy um he played uh the guy that can see the dead people in umbrella academy on netflix um but I and I think I think you do a good part. I'd have to see. Uh, uh, he's kind of. I've only ever seen him in that role, so I'd have to see him in some other roles to like for sure say he's the guy. But I like my first two picks for sure, a hundred percent. I think Ian McShane would make a awesome father change, especially with his voice. Mm. Um, and then Pedro Pascal's got the look of the Gray King that I just imagined. So. Nice. Yeah, I think those are perfect. Yeah. Um. So for mine. I, I obviously went Cosmere, so I went Warbreaker. Um, and I casted Light Song Siri and Vasher. Um, so I'll go, I'll Siri first. Uh, for Siri, I casted Grace Van Dien. Uh, she's the girl who played Chrissy in Stranger Things, if you've seen the uh, most okay. recent series, uh, season. So I think she would make a great Siri. Just because, you know, like, I don't know. I When I see her, I pictured Siri. So I was like, I can see it. Um, and then Light Song. I thought it would be fun if Tom Hiddleston or Hiddleston played Light Song. Um, I could because, get like a playoff Loki. Yeah, like he can. I, I feel like he'd have fun with that role a lot. And then um, for Vasher, we all know minor spoilers for the Cosmere. Vasher is a, is a world hopper. And so I was thinking, who would be also in the future movies playing Vasher? And I just want Jason Momoa to be in the Cosmere. And so for <laughs> Vasher, I, pu I put Jason Momoa down. Uh, <laughs> just because he also kind of fits the description of like a... I think he's a little big. <laughs> he is a little big, but you know. I mean, he's like Vasher's one of the best swordsmen in the Cosmere. So I'm like, I figured Jason Momoa could do that justice. Um, I also, you know, see him yell at a specific character in another book would be funny. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my fan cast for, for Warbreaker. 
The Jason Momoa one's definitely interesting. I, I did say I'm I'm throwing a random one out there, but I'm I'm doing it. <laughs> I was interested in who you're gonna pick for Light Song, but I, I like the Tommy because like yeah, I like that I could, a lot. I could, I could see the play like him like taking well, part he's in, like so the like character. he's so riddly, to make it you know. Fun. Yeah, I I feel like it, it he'd bring an interesting take on it. Um, but yeah, that's our fantasy question this week. Uh, if you guys have a fantasy question you want us to answer on the podcast, you can leave a message down in our YouTube comment section. Or you can join our Discord and let us know there. Um, but with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into episode 20 of The Tome Travelers. All right, Whitson, are you going to hit us up with the synopsis? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to kind of skim it because... Yeah, it's, there was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot. So um, basically, chapter two, we see Kip uh, make his escape from Recton after seeing his friends die. Um, you know, seeing a lot of his neighbors and people he grew up with die. Uh, he runs off with one of his friends. Um, then we jump to the Chromaria and meet the Prism, the White, the Black Guard, uh, Gavin and Karis specifically, learn a little bit about their history. Uh, Gavin and Karis make their way to Recton. Um, we learn some more about the Empire on the journey and the satrapies, how the magic works. Uh, Tyria and the False Prism War as they're flying the Condor. Um, not too much in in that portion. Uh, we we get a glimpse of it. Uh, then Gavin saves Kip after his friend that's escaping with him dies. Uh, he alienates Karis in the process because he claims Kip is his bastard. Uh, then they make the journey back to the Chrome area. He kind of tosses him headfirst into high society and leaves him. Uh, Harris uh, is still doing okay in Tyria uh, until we get closer to the end of this half of the book. She meets up with Corvin, uh, and then Kip takes his super chromat test and then goes through the Thresher. Gavin intervenes and changes the result somehow, uh, and then Liv finds out that Recton has been burned, and then we end. Chapter 46 ends. Yeah. Yeah, we end. So let's just all thank Whitson real quick for unintentionally just ending on a massive cliffhanger. <laughs> um, because, like, we were we were talking in our group chat this week, like, did we really say 46? Like, is that where we're stopping? We can't really go on to the next one? Because the next chapter, I'm pretty sure, is we finally get to meet Gavin's father, and things are going to happen with that, and I'm mm -hmm. just on the edge of my seat. I've been sitting here three days waiting for us to record this podcast, so that way we can finally continue on in this book. I, 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 I've had a, I had a friend who's actually read this book before, so I was talking to him about it, and he just kept going, oh... Oh no, he didn't. And I'm like, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. So <laughs> thanks to Whitson. And the second we get done with this, I'll be reading that chapter. But um Yeah. It really felt like chapter forty six was like they had like the author had just finished like rolling the giant boulder up to the peak of the of the hill. Oh yeah. And then it stopped. Yeah. It was <laughs> it like was huh? just blue balls. Wait a second. Wait, dude. <laughs> It's so good. What are you guys' What are you guys' thoughts so far on the book? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Uh, do you, you go first, Dylan. Go first. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, I really like the magic system. Uh, I like that it's got so much to it. It's not just like colors do one thing. Um, each color has a different like mentality. Uh, different sides of that mentality. It's got um, they each have kind of like the 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 uh, luxin that they produce each have different uh, qualities. Um, it's it's a very in depth magic system instead of just like hey this like green does armor and red is fire and blue is whatever. Um, they can all kind of like they can all kind of do the same thing, but they all have different qualities and they all have different uh, ways that they do that. Like yellow yellow's liquid; it's hard to use. Mm -hmm. um, so I really like that part. Um, uh, let's see. I like it. I'm liking all the like the little twists in it. 
as far as like Gavin and uh his brother and um more on that later. <laughs> yeah, more on that later. Uh and we've got kind of like a little mystery going throughout it like why how did Kip end up there? What's this knife? Why is Corbin know about him if he was working for Gavin <laughs> mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff. Um, but I'm I'm enjoying it. It's pretty fun. Uh, I've I've listened to it like I started listening to it yesterday on the drive up to uh uh or over to Oklahoma and um finished it today while I was well testing and um. I, I mean, I was hooked the whole time. Like, I really didn't want to stop reading when I got here yesterday after the drive. So, or not reading, but listening. So, I'm liking it a lot. Yeah. What about you, Whitson? Yeah. How how you feeling about it? Man, I'm so happy that we are reading this book. Like, I, I'd heard good things about it for a while. And, I, and before I gush about it, I will say the one criticism I've heard, like, repeatedly um, is, like, there's some weird sexualization stuff. Like, the, the, the gays, like, male gays uh is is pretty prevalent i guess but it's from the perspective of a 15 year old boy so i don't have that big of a problem with it like i can kind of buy into it and also everything else about the book is so much fun like it 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 really um i was talking about um furies of calderon a, a bunch last month on the podcast uh this book gives me the exact same vibes where it's just like from the first moment I'm like, Oh, this world is unique. This magic system's unique. These characters are likable. Uh, the ones that I'm supposed to dislike, I really dislike like that. It's just doing everything right. Um, it's not really breaking the mold. Like it's, it's, it seems like it's a chosen one story, um, but I'm okay with tropes as long as, you know, you've got some unique stuff in there and this book has a ton of unique stuff in it. So yeah. I'm really happy with it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm I've enjoyed how much fun we are having. I think I sent a message in our group chat um this week while we were while I was reading. I'll be like, I think this is my favorite book we've done so far on the podcast. Just because of how much fun it is and it's like, yes, like what's in what you said with it it does feel like it very much follows the mold, but the amount of twists that like are just thrown in there just subtly to kind of like slightly move the mold in a different direction lets you like sit here and it, it's just fun to think about and, and i'm just having such a good time reading it i'm really really enjoying it um all of like the layers that keep getting added onto it also i think make it very enjoyable and it's also not like so complex that like you're having to like be like wait a second now who was this guy and what is his role on this or whatever it's very straightforward but also intriguing at the same time i'm just really really enjoying it um so so yeah do we do we want to jump into uh some of like our characters and and talk about them yeah uh so we could we start with kip our our main guy or do y'all want to hop around a little bit i I like starting with kip i feel like that, that that's a good jumping port point um so like i wrote down i wrote down in our show notes that um the first hundred pages of this book i felt like we were just living with kip as he was experiencing trauma that was just going to scar him for the rest of the book series and i wanted you guys to take on his trauma so like i almost like last episode i was talking about how it'd be really cool if he ended up being the bad guy but, like, with all this stuff that's, like, like the way his mom treats him and all these other people treat him, like, it, it is not inconceivable that he could be a bad guy. No, not and, at all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the story could still go that way. Um, well, we don't even know who the good guys and bad guys are yet, which I think right. is, is really cool. Because Dazen took Giles, or Gavin's spot, right, right yeah. as, like, the good brother, and he's been doing that he's been he's being the good brother is he the good time. brother though yeah yeah so maybe when when Dazen like used to be gavin you know if he escapes maybe he comes out as an evil bastard like we, we have no idea who's going to end up being you know morally the good guy here i think okay so we're just going to name them by their real names so gavin's in the prison and Dazen is 
pretending out. He's the well, pretending the to be Gavin. Yeah, right. Do we want to do that? Because in the book, it does say that like Gavin, the real Gavin, while he's in the prison, he's like, if he's gonna steal who he is, I'm gonna steal who he was. So I'm yeah. going to be Dazin. And I think that's just which it's a very hard thing to write. Like I could not imagine like writing trying to write these characters and being like, okay, how am I going to make it distinguishable that this is when I'm talking about Gavin, the actual Gavin, and this is who I'm talking about, the actual Dazen. And I think Brent Weeks did a good job of at least kind of describing that well and being like, okay, Gavin, who is actually Dazen, he is going to be referred to as Gavin in this book because he has taken on that role and Dazen has gone crazy enough to think that he is now actually going to be Dazen. And so I, I think we should just call them by who they think they are. So, like, mm. the Gavin is actually Gavin. Or Gavin so my only is, yeah. that though yeah. is, like, uh, that, well, the prism, <laughs> the, yeah. the one whose perspective we see from, he's remembering stuff. And we, we, we don't realize it until we, we get this revelation, but he's remembering stuff as who he actually is, which is Dad. Right. He's remembering the first time he danced with, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Karis, and uh, was how he was supposed to seduce her or whatever, but he ended up falling in love with her. He remembers that, and um, he's remember like so like his flashbacks are of his past, and so like I feel like we should because I think I think we it still hasn't talked a whole lot about the uh, false prison war, and I think we're gonna see a lot of that, and so I think we're gonna be seeing it from his perspective as Dazzling. I think after the chapter where he has the mirror scene where he's talking to himself, the the ghost in the wall or whatever, um, and says that he's taking on that persona, I think I, I think MD's right on this one. I think we probably like go forward calling them Gavin just and Dazen to because just they, fix they, confusion it, and yeah, right. And the, it, you know, as characters, like that's, that's they're they intentionally taking each other's spots. You know, like used to be Gavin is now like, well, I need to be the the snake. I need to be the scheming, conniving one because he's got the upper hand. So, I mean, they, they've essentially traded characteristics, too. It's not like they're just pretending to be one another anymore. The, yeah. Which is such a cool concept. Um, yeah, they're, they're both psychotic, and it's oh, and, and uh, super powerful. I... I... I don't, I don't know if y'all believe me or not, but I predicted this. I was okay. reading it, and I predicted it 100%. Dude, I thought about it. It was a thought in my head, and I was like, it's a thought in my head, but I was like, I don't know, because it's kind of confusing. I'll just wait until I know fully how this well, stuff works. When 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 the when the letter first gets there, uh, saying he had a son or whatever, and the White's asking him all those questions, he's like, he's like confused, like his, his mental stuff and like how he's saying things, like it's all mixed up. And mm-hmm. so that was like my first big clue, and then uh, another big clue comes uh, when he actually admits to him about being his dad, but he does it for he he says he does it for a specific reason. I think he knew that the kid was actually real Gavin's, and was like like we said, becoming Gavin, taking his persona. So it's like, hey, I've got to claim this kid because it actually is Gavin's. So yeah. Yeah, I didn't see it coming really, but I did. What I did pick up on was like they would just refer to Dazen as the evil brother, and what I was picking up on was like they never bothered to clarify why he was the evil one. Uh, it was yeah. just he uh, lost, so he must have been evil. Basically, history is made by the victors. By the victor. exactly, which is yeah. So, so that's weird because it's like why would Dazen choose to be Gavin? If oh, because Gavin that. won. Gavin won. Dazen just beat Gavin in the one v one. Oh, okay. I must. Like Gavin's that. armies and political, you know, political affiliations are all like in the green. They succeeded and beat right. Dazen, but but Dazen somehow, you know, tricked Gavin. Right. Which leads me to kind of another thought process, which I've been having and wanted to have answered for so long, and was about to until Whitson told me no, was. How is their relationship with their father or maybe even their mother at the time if she was still alive? Because we don't know anything about her. We barely know anything about the father. But it's like, they did they really just allow their children to go to war with each other and have like 
hundred probably hundreds of thousands of people die in each other's armies because like i feel like a lot of times too they're they're god's chosen like well that's true but also it's like they're also their kids you know and like you think about a lot like um uh like fantasy stuff or like kingdom politics and things like that and it's like a lot of kids and stuff won't act out or whatever while their parents are alive the second they go a lot they die though that power vacuum happens those wars break out those things start so part of me wonders was it the mom keeping them together because we don't know anything about the mom the mom died and that was like all right now we're going to war did dad choose sides did they not choose sides? did the parent if the mom's alive did they choose sides like i have all these questions i want to know more about because i feel like that would that'll give us more context as to maybe why dazen was the way he is or why gavin was the way he was you know what i'm saying and so well, yeah. i just have all these questions floating around in my head it talks about when they're when he speaking about the dance scene or whatever it talks about how the dad is like a really conniving power hungry guy and like he's basically like grooming gavin to be was grooming gavin to be the prism and then uh was basically just like hey dazen or whatever you go i just i need you to get marry somebody so you, you get me some sort of political power so i think there was some different def definite favorite favoritism yeah uh, um and i mean you can only assume like if gavin like if he's really power hungry and gavin was the one he wanted to like he probably put everything into gavin and then and uh at some point or like it talks about how uh uh corzan i think or corvin i mean uh when they're when he's Cannabis. talking to Karis, yeah uh when he's talking to Karis, he's like, the war was basically over a girl, which would be Karis. They they both loved mm-hmm. Karis, right? And so I think that's what it was really about was the the war was over Karis, and then it just like blew up into way more, right? Right. And, well, well because is... they both had the power of the prism, right? And right. I which have a the theory about that. Go for it. Go yeah. for it. So I think that the reason that the father has been built up as the conniving, scheming, ultra-powerful asshole, um, and the reason that there are two prisms, both his sons became prisms, and his grandson seemingly may be a prism, I think he did some, like, genetic experimentation on his children. Or some, you know, maybe it's magical, maybe it's like a blood right thing, or like some demonic shit, or like this old god that the whites are preaching about. yeah. Um, I think that their dad has something to do with that and like bringing a lot of power into his bloodline because it seems like Kip is going to be a prism too, right? I mean, that's that's you what know, I took it, away from yeah. chapter yeah. 55. Or why he hid, that's why he hid the crystal. Yeah. Well, and he, he was watching the results on the wall and then his eyes went wide and he shot Luxon into it to like block the light coming out of the right. wall showing the results. So I, I think he had to have been you know, blocking the fact okay. that Kip is the next prism. Building off of that theory, um, does that maybe have something to do with one of the reasons why Gavin has lasted so long as prism? Because normally it's 7, 14, or 21, and he mm-hmm. thinks he's got a ticking time bomb of him of the 21 years. Like, I've made it past the 14, so now it's going to be 21. If he made a deal or something, maybe the old gods took away that, like, seven-year rule or something like that and so maybe it could happen at any time maybe it can't happen at all you know or 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 something like that i don't know what that was that's a cool rule concept to me that i whenever i read i was like oh that's interesting it's like seven-year increments or whatever um but you know kip's coming in at a weird time where it's like he still has five years left so well, be... well, they they weren't the chism, or the prism from birth though they became right. the prism. So I'm interested maybe... in that process too because it talks about how the dad like, uh, like wanted him to be pr- like. So how does one be- actually become the prism? I have no idea. I think they just have the powers of the prism and then they're elevated politically to that position. Yeah, like, and there's definitely... there's supposed to only be one per generation, so it wouldn't be like hard to choose, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. have one option. Uh, but then you know he has two who are both still alive, and you know nobody else knows that the brother is still alive. But he has two sons who are both prisms, and then his grandson is also 
prism and all three of them are alive at the same time. So I, I feel like he, something either religious or scientific, whatever, he's schemed something. And that has something to do with the, the prism. Okay. Do you think it has something to do with like the white? I, it could. Um, we kind of got left off on, or left on a cliffhanger with Karis after we find out that the white betrayed her. Right. Um, do you guys have any theories on that? Because honestly, Dude. I didn't see anything there. I didn't see it coming. I don't know. There's so much. Like after I read that scene and the council scene with like the prism talking to all of the the different satrapies or whatever they're called. I was like, this is about to get so Game of Thrones. Like, I'm ready. People are going to start backstabbing each other left and right. Like, we already know that the actual Gavin is buried in a dungeon, like, somewhere that two people know are alive. Like, the amount of, like, daggers in people's backs that are going to be coming in the series, I'm now just expecting it and ready for it. So... It did surprise me, but after that, I was like, all right, throw it all at me. I'm ready for it. Um, yeah. I so love like, the way... Oh, go ahead, Dylan. The only thing I can think... reason I can think of is the fact that she knows that uh, the prism is... Like, how infatuated he is with her. And he thinks that the sun is going to be an issue. And he... Because she wanted them both to come there. And so, like, she obviously wanted Kip around for some reason and so like my only thing is like it just she thought maybe Karis would distract gavin or something so she sends her to get captured or maybe she wants gavin gone maybe she knows that the real gavin is in the prison and she That's wants other say. gavin gone and so she's using Karis's bait to send him yeah i feel like she could have done that at almost any time though like anytime there was a white Right, she could have just, you know, assumed he was gonna watch him leave, be like, "All right, he'll be gone for two days, three days." Right, but maybe, maybe it does have something to do with like the father set the prism or whatever to be this bloodline or something like that. I don't, I don't know. And she needed an heir to be the prism, and so now it's like, okay, there's a possible heir. Bring them back to me or whatever now is the moment where she can start moving these pieces around and and doing whatever political things she needs to do to get them all to fall in, into the right I don't place. Know. If I'm the white, if I'm the white, then I don't want another war or anything like that. So I'm going to try to get rid of the other Gavin, but you also don't want uh or get rid of the prism so I can replace them with the one that's in the the jail, but you don't want other people to know that. So like if she can sneakily get rid of him and then just have the other one appear like, "Oh, here I am, and pretend to be the same person. There's no then there's shot, no the, there's no war. The amount of madness that has like affected the brother in the dungeon is like right. No, he's I, crazy. He's yeah. absolutely mad. He is crazy. He's literally. I love how they kind of like they had that golem, multiple personality kind of thing going on, where like he's like sitting at the wall talking to himself. He's fighting himself. He's like punching himself or whatever and I, I don't know I really like the way that that scene was written out it like it, it showed you this guy has gone crazy he's been locked up in here for 14 years barely talking to anyone he's ate the same bread every day he's gotten used to the smell of piss like he he spent the last seven years using the oil from his fingertips to dig through stone to dig through stone <laughs> yeah. and all he's gotten is a tiny little bowl and it's his life's work like dude it's it's I love how they describe him and it's it's just so good but there's no shot he is going to be implemented back into society. No. I think he could be a uh, a big villain obviously cuz he still has his prism powers and uh, right. that's what I was going to say a minute ago. I love how like powerful Gavin is like but but it's not unjustified just like um you know infinitely stronger than everybody else he's, he's just better at at using luxon 
Like yeah. he's smarter about the way that he uses it, and the fact that he can use all the and colors is a big part of it. But talks about how intelligent he's innovative are, with it yeah. too. He's he, innovative with it. He yeah. made a jet ski out of it. Yeah, and and that is like the biggest you know technological revolution this world has ever seen. The fact that he can like fly this boat from one end of this ocean to the other. Uh, and, the, you know, the whole landmass is surrounding the central ocean. So he can get anywhere in the kingdom, you know, 10 times faster than anybody expects him to be there is like a huge, um, like, plot point. So I, I really love the magic system and specifically the way Gavin uses it. And yeah. I'm really excited to see Kip, like, get to that point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of ready for him to quit being kind of a brat. Like, I think, I think... You think he's a brat? No, not necessarily a brat. I just think he's... I just think he's a lost kid. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just got a lot of defense mechanisms. And those are getting in his way of... Yeah. Being I usually get be. pretty annoyed at, at like authors who, who write like the abused, dejected um, kid and do a poor job of it. I don't and this this, this really one feels done. pretty genuine. But I yeah. think the reason well, I mean, why like... this feels so genuine was because, like I said at the beginning, we went through a hundred pages of experiencing Kip's trauma with him, right. and so like yeah, his... we saw a little bit of him before, where he was just like, "Yeah, my mom, my mom smokes a bunch and doesn't really love me, but you know, it, it is what it is. I've got my friend. Nope, I don't have my friends. Nope, I don't have my mom. Nope, I don't have my town anymore. Where am I? You know what I'm saying? Like we well, saw." Even if what he had and then him lose it and so we're kind of tied to him even his friends weren't his real friends like, yeah no. well he had a he, it seemed like he had a couple of real friends yeah. but mostly he was the weird kid who was friends with with corvin the old the old man with the eclectic like eccentric vibe who happens um, to be he, he was the greatest kid. war general of all time <laughs> yeah apparently Oh, I will say um, the magic system, I was kind of, I, I mean, I thought it was cool uh, for sure, but I didn't think that it was going to be very complicated until he got to the part under the chapel with Corvin and Karis. And it's Dude. like, it was an incomplete combustion. So this is all basically just gunpowder now. And like the whole explanation of all that stuff, yeah. the way that he used the red light. I, I was like, oh, this, this series is going to be fun. Dude, I knew it was really so fun, fun too when it got to that scene, like when she fell through the floor and then whenever she finally gained consciousness, she said that there was just a giant egg with tubes coming out of it. And I was like, is this science fiction? Like, was this chapel like bare? Like, did it? sit on top of like an ancient alien buried like that something that buried or whatever like is this about to hatch what's what's going on but then it turned out it just happened to be like a luxon protective shield or whatever like that and i was like oh okay this is this is normal we're not we're not going space yet but i just thought that was a was a fun little like md doesn't know what's happening right now <laughs> well he he made like a vacuum chamber basically yeah. so the 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 Luxon didn't like completely combust and it was all just still sitting there slightly charred. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, took the, really he, took cool. the, he took the air out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that was badass. Random side note kind of while we're talking about like um Gavin and Dazin Dazin and all this war or whatever. What do we think is going on with the army of whites that is saying it's charging in the name of or it's assembling in the name of Dazin? So there, there's a guy, right, uh, or mm -hmm. a person. The color, the color, something. Color blue. The color prince. Is it the color? Oh, prince? the color. He prince. gets mentioned. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The color prince. Color prince. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with Gavin. I feel like he's just using Dazen's name to like prop himself up. What do, what do you think, Dylan? Do you have a theory on? Uh, I agree. I, I just think he. I, I mean, obviously, I mean, you, we see the the conversation between the two brothers where he, unless. Unless uh, real Gavin was using it or was like somehow outsmarted him, but uh, the prism was basically was like he doesn't know about this, so the color prince must be using it just to prop himself up, which would make sense. Or he could even be come back and pretend that he's Daz and the color prince could. So yeah. I'm interested in why Corvin left Daz's well, arc. I think it was uh, like he they lost the war. And so, no, it like, said, no, it said that he lost the the final fight because Corvin left him. 
before no, the top. No, no. What it said, um, I mean, you might be right that it that is. What what he said was that he sent Corvin with um, a bunch of soldiers to accomplish something, and basically Corvin surrendering after they lost instead of fighting like to the man, like everybody's dead. He surrendered, and that set the tone for the rest of the war and saved like a shit ton of lives. That's what he was saying. I think hmm. that's what I got from it. He was yeah, saying like Corvin Danavis said you know screw my own freedom screw this cause like human life is worth more than that and that was like why so many people respect him even though he was on the wrong side well yeah. i remember uh i remember it said that if he had fought for uh fought Davin for the whole the time yeah they would he would have won yeah 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 um but that also explains like why he's up in like what is it? it's interior right where he is yeah, I don't right. think it's a coincidence that he's there with, with, with Kip. Uh, oh with no, Kip. shot. Yeah, I don't well, think so either. Okay, well that can kind of go have us go back to kind of like Kip talk talking about. And it him said him and the mom showed up at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, random side note, and then we'll see where I'm following with this train because my brain's extremely ADHD. So Kip, uh, what he had a conversation or whatever in his mind about how he had always hoped that his dad was someone. Like who loved his mom and wanted was gonna come back and like help his mom out and do all this stuff, but then he just realized basically, oh no, this is my dad. She was just some other girl to him. Didn't love her. Didn't do anything like that. So then that like hurts him. But he's like, I it is what it is. But then we go and we see Gavin and Dazen actually say who they are, and Dazen knows who Kip's mother is. Like. He says the name of of the mother, and it like it was very specific that like Dazen knew who that was. So like, does that mean that Kip's dad was actually actually loved her? Was this like an actual thing? What like all of those things? D- does does Kip's dad basically actually love him? And instead of his weird uncle who's pretending to be his dad, um. I just thought that was a really interesting aspect that I hope we get to see more of maybe like maybe some more backstory on who his mom is, how they met, what actually happened with that. At, um, the, at the very least, he trusted the mom because he gave her the knife. Or, yeah, he gave yes. her that knife. So hmm. was that knife? Because I know we went to we went to the testing class or whatever with with Kip and they pulled out like obsidian edges and they said that some weapons were made with it. Was that knife, like a, the dagger, one of those obsidian knives that they talked about? That can drain or whatever? That can yeah, drain. Yeah, drains Luxon, um through the blood, apparently. like, But it has to come into contact with it for a while. So yeah, I guess you have to keep cutting somebody like in a, in a right. prolonged fight. And, and maybe that's why King Gardul wanted it, was so he could fight the prism. Oh, also, I was saying Faradul last episode because that's what it sounds like in the audiobook. The, but then Gardul. I read the, yeah, yeah. I was I I read that and I was like, why did it, why does it sound like an F in the audiobook? Um, I don't know. This is all everything that's just going on in this book. I'm just I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah. The stuff with the whites is uh, super interesting. Do we think Karis is begun- is going to become a white at some point, or do we think that's her fate? Okay, since she's getting she's so really close. close. To- she's close. she's so close to it yeah. because, like, she was talking about like she can't like she's she's having trouble controlling her anger now, just as it is, and now like like we saw her basically just storm off for because like G- Gavin was like, "Hey, I fathered a kid." like we're not married at all we're not engaged at all but like i did father one well how dare you and literally just straight up leave a mission because of it no no she didn't leave the mission she was with him out of convenience what if that's the reason the white did it she knows how close she is so she's trying to get rid of her so that gavin doesn't have to kill her oh that would make sense that's a good yeah and that keeps the white as a good guy Okay. Yeah. And it makes sense. Well, and and she is kind of afraid of Gavin. So I feel like yeah. her trying to like keep him sane would make sense. Yeah. Well, she's she meant she said like straight up says he's the best prism they've ever seen. 
Yeah. Like, as far as, like, good guy-wise. She t- yeah. s- said that usually she has to deal with so much more BS. Yeah, I mean, he he really has basically just, like, been with his room slave and done political shit. Or, like, you know, military killed, shit. Yeah, killed for, all these... For 15 years. Killed, killed all, all these whites. whites. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's I'm more assuming, like spec ops than a religion than I'm a assuming, religious figurehead. I'm assuming a blue one killed his mom. That's like the only thing. Well, I, yeah, I that could be why he hates blues, or maybe she yeah. became a blue white. Yeah, and mm. maybe that's why he hates them. Oh, okay. Also, kind of, uh, I don't know. Like, there's a word for it. Um. Just the fact that he hates the blue whites so much, but he has his brother imprisoned in blue. Well, that's uh, something else I was forcing say. his brother to experience blue all the time. It mentions towards the beginning, I believe, that even the prisms lean towards a certain color. Hmm. And the prism, I think it said that because it said that he leans towards blue and his brother always leaned towards red. And so, uh, uh, I, I haven't noticed him like faking that though, or if that's even something people would notice. But like when when it first talks about uh, real Gavin uh, in the prison, it says the first thing he tried to do was use red, and mm-hmm. we can see that um, uh, uh, the prism is using blue to, which I know it helps calming. Like it's, it has calming qualities to it too, but it, it's like his like kind of go to is blue. Even when he's fighting, his first yeah, thing and he uses blue. it for the sculler too. And yeah. when he's making those bombs with the blue luxum with the with the red inside of it, right? Um, most of the stuff he uses he does blue has for most blue. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good observation. Uh, what what other what other story beats are we missing? We talked about the whites. Talked about Karis. Um, um, we really haven't talked about Kip much in in the Chromeria. Kip and Liv. Yeah, Liv was a big one. There's a lot going on with Liv, and like this this uh, what is this house that kind of controls her? Yeah, yeah. So she's basically an indenture mm-hmm. uh, because they paid for her to go to school. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. And then she's like, "I'm gonna pay you back," and they're like, "Well, we're gonna kill your family if you don't." We're going to block yeah. you from basically being able to do anything you ever want to do if yep. you don't cooperate with us. But and she, then they took she, the money she, anyways. She's trying to be honorable and, like, only serve one master, but... Right. Do we she think... Gotta keep, gotta keep getting her Do away. we think Corvin Danavis is going to show up and that's all going to change? Or is Kip going to be too deep for him to even help? I don't think Corvin's going to make it to the Chrome area. I feel I like know. he's going to be tied up in, like, Garrison or something. I don't know Corbin's motivations. I don't know who. I don't know whose side he's on. I don't know what his plan is. Like, I'm assuming he's a good guy, just from like what we do know about him and the way he has acted. I'm assuming he's a good dude. But like, if that's the case, then why is he hiding Kip? Mm -hmm. Maybe he knows that Dazen is still alive as Gavin, and Gavin is still alive, you know, somewhere. Like maybe he does go to the Cremaria and he's there. To break his old boss out of jail. And what what's... The, so, I think one of the biggest things we need answered that will help us understand a lot of things is what's the deal with the personality switch? Because the prism says, like, he completely changes... Like, part of it was becoming Gavin, but he also did it for other reasons, like personality switch, and, like, he tried to become the best person he could be. And we don't even know if actually, like, real Gavin acted like that. Yeah. I mean, just the trauma of war, probably, yeah. right? Well, like, also, seeing, what, seeing if his he's gonna, friends If he's going to live that lie, he did say he wanted to change everything about him to be yeah. that lie. I think a lot of it's got to do with Karis, too. Oh, for sure. Right. Well, I, I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, he ended the relationship with Karis, and it didn't explicitly say these back-to-back, but it's I think it's kind of inferred that... Gavin broke off the engagement with Karis about the exact same time that he threw his brother in the prison. So about the same time of the switch is the same time that they broke off the engagement. 
Yeah. Do you think maybe Gavin broke off the thing with Karis and then Dazen took his spot and couldn't do anything because his brother had already, mm. already broken it off because of Kip's mom, maybe? Either that or... Oh, okay. Either that or Prism I Gavin like felt like he couldn't lie to her because he knew he had to pretend to be Gavin. And he just yeah. he he didn't want her to love right. Gavin. He wanted her to love Dazen. Yeah. Well, he did say that. That that's one of the clues in the beginning. Before you even know, it's like he couldn't tell. He couldn't be with her because then he'd have to tell her. And you're like, at the time, you're like, oh, tell her that he's keeping his brother prisoner. No, that's not what he means. But, um, yeah. I like Whitson's theory though that the real Gavin was like falling in love with Kip's mom and was broke off the engagement for that. But then Dazen becomes Gavin, and he's like, well, and, shit, and what I, if, I broke it off with her. Like, Yeah, Dazen became Gavin, and it had already been broken off, but he didn't know that at the time. And what if that was one of the main reasons why he wanted to become Gavin? Yeah. Because, again, yeah. they're saying that the, the war was fought for a girl. And she had picked Gavin at that point. Yeah, at least that's what it makes it sound like. And so, yeah. and so then that puts him. That could Loki be it? Whitson, you're a genius. My deal is, is like, are they twins? No, it's. I think that, they're only a couple years apart, and they look very similar. It looks similar. It said that uh, Gavin has a scar on his face or something like that, but it, they said it didn't matter because after the fight, they were so beaten up that you could barely tell who who he was. And so it was just a matter of when he came out of that. Obviously, like his face shape is going to be different after being, you know, probably broken yeah, nose, I mean, cauliflower broken, ear, yeah, broken cauliflower. cheekbones. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, people could probably just not even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. I also th I think that a, a huge part of their motivation and all of it is like that. He was talking about the the last time that they fought as boys. Right, mm -hmm. and I just—I I don't know. I think there's like something, in the something back. in that about yeah. the way that they could be so cruel and so violent to one another because they were brothers, you know? Yeah, like there's just—I I don't know. I—I th I think anybody who is um, a young boy with siblings or like really close friends or like cousins they spend a lot of time with, like there's just—I I don't know. I feel like that's a salient thing for. Even like really close men. friends, it's way easier to be mean to your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh... yeah. It's, but I mean, it's almost yeah. like you take each other for granted, and it's like I, I don't know. It's like the thing that it, it's corny, but it's like love and passion, or the you know, or love and hatred, are like two yeah. sides of the same it's coin. The point. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think that's what he's kind of trying to get at with with the whole thing, like yeah. the sibling rivalry aspect of it. Yeah, but and we also this third brother, Sebastian. What happened to him and all, you know? Yeah. I only, like, towards the end of this half, picked up on the fact that the Sebastian person that was being mentioned was a, a sibling of theirs. Yeah. Like, it took me and I, probably until, like, chapter 44 or 45. Wait, Sebastian? Sebastian. He's mentioned when they're talking in the prison. He's also mentioned when, in the scene Whitson was just talking about, when they're uh, talking about the last time they fought as boys, he said that... Uh, Gavin went first, and then the next year, or whatever, Sebastian went, and they both changed after talking to the dad, but then the dad never talked to... Y'all, I do not him. remember reading that chapter. Either of those scenes. So, something something was said to both the other boys that wasn't said to um, the youngest son, which is the prism now. Um, so, I'm, I, I'm wondering what that was, and why he was excluded. Mm-hmm. No, I think this next chapter is going to be a banger because we're going to oh, learn yeah. so much more about the Guile family. And like, are they the Lannisters or are they the Star? <laughs> like, who? who I mean, is the I head think of this the, household. If, if my theory about the dad, you know, experimenting and making them all stronger uh, is right, they might be the Targaryens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is Gavin or Kip Daenerys? That, that where we're going. <laughs> we start doing we, we, we start doing uh fantasy math equations 
So if <laughs> Kip equals Daenerys, then <laughs> Lightbringer so... Book Five equals Season Eight Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything else that pops out to y'all? Uh, uh no, I think we hit, hit the big story. Points. Yeah, we we really yeah. hit the big stuff. And um, the only other real thing is um, I like how the religion is like extremely intertwined with the magic and all that stuff. It's like, oh, you're going to this testing school or whatever. There's a religious ceremony involved in it, which is a little weird if you ask me. Um, but I thought it was cool. Um, and the reason why they had, uh, the reason why they do it was to like fully get their fear out so that they can fully use their powers or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I really liked it. I'm enjoying it. It's a really, this is such a good book. Yeah. It's, it's not, I don't think it's going to break my like top three list or top five list, but I would recommend it 10 out of 10 times to 10 out of 10 people. Yeah. And I will 100% read the next one. So oh, I, I think sure. it's a great book. I think this... it's a great book off of the first half of this book alone this book has the potential to be in my top three favorite series of all time yeah i mean i think it's a little bit easier to justify entire like entire series and like the whole yeah. arc of a series oh, yeah. as being like you, you know what i mean oh yeah does that make sense yeah for sure but like so... it's a lot harder for one book to stand out as being like perfect yeah you know i'm gonna end on a theory um okay hit us with I think... it I think real Gavin gets out and fake Gavin, which so the prism and then the prisoner, I think they get out and real Gavin tells Kip he's his real father and Kip feels betrayed and go. I, I think Kip's going to have to choose between real daddy or fake daddy. Mm. Uncle or dad. I see that. I, so I also have an, I also have a theory that we kind of, kind of said, but didn't really fully say. I think um the 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 color prince or whatever his name is is going to be like yo shout out everyone I'm I'm Dazen I'm the real Dazen I I'm here to rule or whatever and that's going to put Gavin in the position of do I break my secret and tell everyone and like people are going to believe the color prince and that puts the real your Gavin slash Dazen in the position of being like do I tell everyone and I think he's going to go with the, I'm going to tell everyone, I'm going to let my brother go. People are going to, but then that's just going to have things start just crashing down. I don't know what how if, it's going to look, but. What if the color prince is Sebastian and he's not really dead oh. and he's, he's against the prism because he thinks he killed his other brother. This is shown an anime meets a soap opera. Dude, I, fucking, dude, I was literally it. talking. Everybody's coming back from the dead. I don't know who I was talking to, but I was I was talking to one of you uh, this week about like if this was ad adapted into something, I think it would be great for an anime because I feel like yeah. anime for the like for the magic system the colors, would be yeah. so mm -hmm. good. I I don't think it, you would have to put a lot into a live action adaptation of this, but I think an anime could yeah. be done extremely well. Yeah, I think so too. I think it almost be simple to animate because it's just like the streaks of color or like the color yeah. as objects. Uh, Dude, but it could, yeah, it could go hard. And the monologues too. Oh, I'm here for it. Yeah. All right. Who's your favorite character so far? Before we wrap up, and also our TBR. We need to do our TBR. Yeah, yeah. We'll do favorite characters. Um, dude, I don't know. I was gonna be honest. Before we read the twist, it was Gavin. I was like, I love this guy. Mm -hmm. He's he's so good. Like, yeah, he's got this little dark secret. I'm so conflicted now about him. Like, extremely conflicted. Because it's like, yeah, he's this good guy. But is he really? No, he's not. And so you can't trust anything he says at all. And then I'm like, I don't really like Kip because he's kind of whiny. But he's also like the 15-year-old boy. So it makes sense. Um, I think my favorite character right now is going to be Liv, just because I'm excited to see where she goes. I'm excited to see what, what her story is going to be, because I think it's going to it's gonna really have a major impact here pretty soon. Okay. What about you, Dom? Uh, I really like Gavin, but I think Corvin's a close second. If I had a little bit more on Corvin and understood his motivations, I think it'd be Corvin. Okay. Okay. 
I like Kip. I like Kip a lot. I think I relate to him though. He's a chubby kid. He's smart, but like, you know, the people around him, yeah, I, I relate to Kip a lot and I'm excited to see him snap. Cause I think he's angry. Like oh, yeah. I think yeah. at the heart of it all, he's an angry kid who wants to be kind. Like he wants to be kind, but the world won't let him. And so he's pissed and he gets more pissed and more pissed while he's getting stepped on. Like I said, he's just got a bunch of defense mechanisms, and I think eventually yeah. he's going to quit throwing out the good, like the easy defense mechanisms, like the the witty comebacks and all that. He's just going to and snap. he's just going to snap. Yeah. yeah, and I, I, yeah, I vibe with that. I like Kip as a character. I think he's well written. Yeah, even if he is, you know, if he comes just, across whining or whatever. I don't really know. I don't really know if it's whiny. It's just I wouldn't say it's whiny. Yeah. Like I said, he's just I don't got think a so lot. Either, but... He's got a lot of defense mechanisms, which is a hundred percent fair for what he's been he's gone through. Yeah, I mean right? he's a beaten dog, like he scoops yeah. easy. Makes sense. Yeah. Um I'm just I think I think my biggest problem with Kip isn't really even a problem. It's just I want I think he's going to get like a lot more potential and I'm ready to see him get there. And so I don't like I don't necessarily not like what he is now, but like I just think I'm gonna like what he becomes way more than I don't Do you know think it's kind sense. of just like a, a chosen one fatigue? Like you just kind of want to get to, like, just get to the yeah. fucking point already. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of thing. I, I, yeah. That's yeah. kind of where I am with it too. I, I'm enjoying the journey of, of like discovering the world enough that it doesn't really bother me. Also this, he has already surpassed Rand Al Thor, like page count, you know, page for page, oh, how yeah. much development they go through. He, yeah. No, which is not to say that Kip is better than Randall. So I'm not making, you know, I'm not making YouTube comments are coming here, but I'm just saying like, you know, a page count versus page count, like the, the amount of character growth that has happened. I would say Kip has grown a lot, like a lot in this half of the book. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he was basically just crying at the beginning and then he gets traumatized and then he gets traumatized again. And then he gets traumatized again. And now he's making like witty remarks and like snapping at people and getting angry about the stuff. He's not just taking it lying down anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm excited to see where he goes. Yeah. You want to get into our TBRs before we wrap up? Yep. Um, I can go first. I am still pushing through the great hunt, which I don't have. It's in my backpack right now. Um, I am probably about two thirds of the way done. I'm really enjoying it. I've finally gotten to the point where, like, Whitson was probably like, how did you put this book down? I think I put it down the <laughs> chapter before things started happening. And so yeah. I'm finally at the point where things are starting to roll. And I, I, I don't open up, and I'm like, oh, we're still here. I open up, and I'm like, okay, we're here now. And so <laughs> hoping to finish that by next week. So that's me. No. What else are you reading, though? Uh, I'm still in the Faithful and the Fallen series. Uh, I've just been off work. I'm about to start work back again, though, and I'll be pushing through books like it's nothing again. <laughs> and um, so I'll finish it, and then my next book is to read is the, the Eye of the World. Or hey, he's joining hey. us. Okay, well, well I want to still... get it done before uh the series comes out, so we can all watch the yeah season uh, two. Yeah, season two. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna finish season one after that first episode. <laughs> Are we releasing that? Do we want to um, plug I'd that? I'd like to. I'd like to. So We'll have to figure out how to get around copyright. But we recorded me reacting to the first episode of yep. The Wheel of Time. It is one. such a good video. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of The Wheel of Time, uh, I'm still reading Academ's Fury and The Dragon Reborn. I think I talked about Academ's Fury last you week. You did last I think week. I started you it. briefly mentioned yeah. it. Yeah, pretty fun wanna, so far. You want to talk about that sticker that's on the book that you can't take off? <laughs> Uh, this is actually the library's copy. Oh, there you go. But they also got the not a sticker sticker. Yeah. On their copy, so. I know that's just <sighs> your favorite thing. Meanwhile, I have started collecting all the hardcovers. I I have all of the hardcovers except for one now, and so I'm very excited about that. My library is almost full. If you can see my shelves, yeah. I'm running out of room, which is a good thing. Oh, because if you're interested in this this section of the show, the TBR, where we talk about the other stuff we're reading, check out our TikTok. We're all making yeah, yeah, videos yeah. around the books that we're reading, yeah. not for the podcast. We're um, gonna try to do that more, and then once we if we once we all read a, a book, we're gonna try to do like a little short twenty minute YouTube video of it where we all talk about it, and then 
yeah, maybe like one shot kind of stuff. Um, we were thinking about maybe Tress or yeah, you know, and possibly having a special guest on Tress. Yeah, possibly, possibly. If uh, if if she finishes soon, so um. With that, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up our episode. So make sure you share, like, subscribe, or follow on your preferred platform. We're on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Um, go ahead and join our Discord. Link's in the YouTube video. Follow us on TikTok. It's at the Tome Traveler Pod. Um, and, yeah, let us know your fantasy questions in the YouTube comments. Share with your friends. Um, and, yeah, we will see you all in the next episode when we finish the Black Prison.